One, two, three, four. It's Ryan and Chris. We have an artist in residence here. At least he'll be a resident for about an hour or so. It's Jeremy Jenkins. The Spoilers of Akron, the Spoilers of Akron podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Spoils of Akron podcast. My name is Ryan Dyke, and I am joined by my co-host... Chris Miller. And this here is a show about the art, the culture, and the eccentric residents of the Rubber City. And tonight, today, this day, this very day, Chris Miller, we have an eccentric resident of the Rubber City. I would say he qualifies as eccentric. I would say so, too. He has quite a story to share. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have Jeremy Jenkins. Everyone, give him a round of applause. Thanks for joining us, Jeremy. Um, Thank you. you. Jeremy is a local artist, a, a painter, um, longtime Akron resident by way of uh, Africa and some other countries. <laughs> took a little <laughs> yeah. sojourn. You know. uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, his work uh, is now is currently at Summit Art Space mm -hmm. in the Fresh Juried Exhibit. And, and tell us a little bit about, um, uh, you know, about some of the things you're working on right now, including Fresh and, and some other exciting projects. Um, well, yeah, I've always, you know, I've got some different things in the mix. I'm always thinking about new materials and new ideas. Um, but one thing I'm really proud of, um, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, is that... We don't edit, uh, so go ahead, do it. <laughs> um, Akron Unbox, Unbox Akron. Um, I've, I've designed uh, the next three runs of their box top. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's a great project. Super we've, excited about we, that. We've had Roger Riddle and Chris Horn on, um, you know, kind of the guys at the helm of that. They're great. And, They're so awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love the whole um, subscription service package, you know, whether it's anything from, I mean, you see a lot of stuff out there that's like, you know, the shaving kits or, but something where you have all of the little, uh, you take all these little things from the nooks and crannies of Akron, you know, all these cool businesses and stuff that people haven't heard of before or they haven't had a chance to, um, you know, check out their products or their services, and you can kind of package it into this cool little box and ship it out there, I think, is great. And so I'm really proud to have a design on the top of it. So I'll that, tell you what, Cody awesome. and I signed up for it. We got it. We got the last uh, month's uh, box and it was the uh, blimpin' box. What was it? That was, it was all about blimps and stuff. And sure, we, sure. The hat was, uh, Cody, what did the hat say? It said blimpin' ain't easy. Yeah, yeah blimpin' ain't easy. And yeah. uh, it was so cool. I mean, we're, we're signed up again. We're going to get it again. It's, I mean, it's, it's a cool idea and, and I think I've, I think I've always thought and been behind it because it, it really is just a very unique thing about Akron that you can get all these different businesses and yeah. artists and, I mean, yourself and, and uh, as an artist and all these things together to, to send out a box to people. I, I think it's a really neat idea. Yeah. So, so what will be your muse when you design this uh, box? Well, so top? I already designed it. It's already, like, they have the files. Okay. And, you know, so I don't want to say too much because I'm sure they want to use, you know, a surprise. But, sure. Um, of course. It's, it's, you know, it's a... Because Roger was like, yeah, you know, make make a drawing or take a drawing that you have, you know, and in your style. But I, I wanted to go, f you know, play maybe more, uh, wear more of the graphic designer hat. So it's I'll just say that it's playing around with type style and, and the fonts, um, and it's you know it's like the the letters 
of the service unpacking or un- unboxing themselves. Okay. Wow. You know, I it, can't wait to see it. What's actually cool, too, I gave them this other design, and they might use it for something else, but there's, uh, what, 10 wards, right, mm-hmm. in Akron. And there's 10 letters in um, Unbox, Akron, unbox, right? Okay. So, oh. you know, if you, you think about, like, um, this design where it's, like, unboxing the 10 wards of Akron, you know, like so right. there's all these these places, all these little businesses and cool stuff, just kind of playing around simply with that. Instead of making it about, here's my work and I'm just going to put it on the box top, you know. Like what Jessica did, she did that, that uh, Jessica Loftus, what right, she did, right. you know, it was really cool, the Rune of Akron. Right, you know, that yes, was, yes, that was awesome. Yeah, and I, simple, I love that. cool, yeah. Yeah, and so that's, that's, a, that's a sign of a selfless <coughs> artist because you're not just self-promoting. You're, yeah. you're trying right. to create something that fits this project. And I, I think that's, you said, putting your graphic designer hat on that, it definitely fits that. Um, you know, and I've, I've had the pleasure of, of seeing your work over the past year or so that I've known you. And I have to say, your work is very vivid. It, it stands out from so uh, other colors. paintings I've seen. Very colorful. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, there's a there's a certain wor- worldliness to it, and, and you know we'll, we'll talk about that is shortly. Organic, another word I would say. Organic. Yeah, it's it's, it's no sh- not a lot of straight lines, like a lot of like organic lines. I would say, like in nature, they say there's not a lot of straight. There's no straight lines in nature. Right. Yeah. See, so I I came. I, there was a turning point, maybe. Um, in my creative and intelligence uh, or philosophy when, um, you know, I'd, I'd come from like kind of illustration, like that's what I thought all art should kind of look like. You know, it should be like everything should be recognizable, it should be representational. And, you know, then I got into art school and they, they try to introduce you to new ideas. And I was at a bookstore, um, this was probably ninety. 495 for those young people in the audience a bookstore is where you could go and buy books <laughs> ebooks that were printed out yes. remember yeah it was this uh over by was i think was it chapel hill mall there was a used like rare books um mm-hmm. and there was a book on uh willem de kooning it was called portrait of a marriage and it was it was about his life um, and his marriage to Elaine de Kooning and this, this tumult, you know, and it was like um, very chaotic. But it talked about his painting process. And it was right after that I started just kind of imitating his work. And, it, you know, it's, uh, it's very aggressive and it's violent and it's muscular would be the, the terminology in painting. So, you know, he would, he would paint everything representationally. Like, let's say it's a still life or something. And he would make 20 or 30 of those, and then he would tear them up, and then he would put them into a collage, but in a way that it wasn't, you know, all recognizable. And then he would transfer all those lines and then repaint it like that. Hmm. So he was, um, you know, he wasn't looking for that finished representational setting of that object. He was looking for the, for the energy in his own process. And then he would copy that over and over, and then he'd keep tearing up and, and repasting it together. And that's, you know, what I like is it's not, a, for me, about the, the, the finished, finished product, although if you look at my paintings, there, there is, you know, this recognizable, you know, finished imagery, but it's about the, the process. It's the journey. It's the journey. So I actually, you know, and even that one, those two paintings that are fresh, there's, um, there's like three or four other paintings underneath there that got to the point where 
okay, it seems like it's finished, and then I, I go back in, I, I fill in, I cover over, um, and those colors, they, they come through. I took sandpaper to some so they could uh, rebate the, the color back and then put more on. So it's always about, you know, moving around, getting new ideas, and, and you know, not being so attached to something because you're always learning as a, as a painter, as a sculptor, as anyone who makes stuff, right? A musician. Right, right. It's always about uh, the process. So, I mean, at some point you have to make an end and move on. But Right. And there, there's a saying, and um, you talk about not getting too attached. And I, I can only approach this from being a writer. And early on I was taught you, you have to be able to kill your babies, which means you Absolutely, have to be able to delete yeah. passages and get rid of things that you like in, for the sake of the work itself. So... And when when is a piece finished? I mean, is it is that a bit of a struggle to figure know, out when, when you're finished? Like, is it, is it like a light bulb go off? Do you know? Is it like do do you hear angels or singing or like what is no, like what I is it? Do you just, just look like at the it? end of a relationship? You know, you're like you know I'm sick of you. You gotta go. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Show at the door. <laughs> Your painting takes you know, half half I, I like what you owe and stuff. Oh, yeah, gosh. and sometimes it just takes somebody else saying you know don't don't go any further. Don't you mess know, with this. It. You know, one more uh, brush stroke can spoil the painting, as they say. You right, know, it's, right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I could I could go the rest of my my life just going over top of the same painting, you know, because wow. it's just about it's just about learning. But at some point, you have to say, well, I, I you know, I want to put something out there if that's what I'm doing, if I'm trying to have a, a kind of uh, career communication with the community. Like, here's what I do right you have to start that dialogue you actually have to have something to put (laughs) out there and and it's like here's where I am right now here's where I am right now that or you just invite the community to come over to your house whenever just to look at what you're working at (laughs) just be like hey this is what I'm working at and that's what you have to do right yeah that's that's it (laughs) and and, uh, you know as an artist in Akron right now in 2016 uh, I'm sure things have changed a lot uh, from your experience you know and and you were you were here in Akron, you know, you went to the Mary Schiller Meyer School of Art, um, and you were an Akron artist in the late 90s, early aughts, right? right uh, yeah. And so tell me a little bit about some of the changes you've seen since then till, till now. You born and raised in Akron, right? Yeah, I was actually born in the Firestone, well, I mean, raised in like the Firestone Park area. So yeah, I mean, I still can, for me, I still consider that Akron. I went to uh, Garfield High School or Roswell Kent for... Mm-hmm. Uh, middle school, uh, I, I spent a little time in Wadsworth, but I finished off at Akron North, you know, so I graduated from there. Um, and, you know, the the thing that I've seen, which is great, is, you know, when I was out there and I was young and I was hungry and looking to, you know, get into things and find out what was going on, there, there really wasn't, you know, there was nothing kind of happening. So it was just a small group, a little tribe of, of makers and people just finding spaces if it was old garages you know maybe was, you know someone was renting an apartment and like oh you know my landlord has a garage we could do an art show in or you know someone bring in you know their duct tape you know equipment and throw like a little music show <laughs> um and and now you know you have like these beautiful professional spaces like summit art space yeah you know where you can kind of conduct something that's a little bit more you know has the professional aesthetic to it and and, and um 
you know, where it's there to stay. You can do changing shows. You have musica. Um, there wasn't a, a whole lot going on, you know. It was just like these little subterranean spaces. Um, and now you have all this talent as well. And I think it's it's about retaining talent because a, that a lot of those people from that time they've they've moved on. Right. Yeah. And and you met you made some comment earlier before we started recording that you were part of the scene before there was a scene. And right. I feel that way with music. I, I was a you know I was a musician who played out a lot in the early '90s. And um, and and I, I noticed that you know it, we had this scrape and scrounge just to find a venue to play in. There were maybe one or two in Akron at any, any uh, given time. There were no festivals. There I, were no um, outdoor what. events. And it was and I'm I'm a little oh. jealous now that all these young people have like dozens of opportunities right. to play. I have now. to tell you what, as a musician <clears throat> myself now, it like sometimes like it is very. I can't even imagine only having like one or two venues because sometimes even now it's hard to find venues and gigs because you know there's so many so many awesome mus- musicians and bands out there right. that they you know you know they can't double book and they can't sometimes you know it doesn't uh, your your band and another band they really can't play in the same set or whatever and it's like and so it's sometimes very disheartening but like if you're saying there's only one or two places back then right. i couldn't oh gosh we, I, we, right. I we were at annabelle's every other week there you oh go yeah gosh. that was always to go to right oh my gosh <laughs> there was the um the ice house you mm-hmm. know was one of the places right. that you know if you could kind of and that mostly that was used for i think senior shows for the university of akron and kent state and they had a collaboration of um for their senior shows and, and the space is enormous is so it still around the ice house? Lot there. Yeah, I, the building was sold recently, yeah, it was. wasn't it? Correct. It's still used as an event space, right. though. Um, yeah. You can you can have your next birthday party there, hey, right? Check it out. You get Copper Pennies could do a show. Oh there. yeah, rent, rent the whole space out. So um, you know, and and you moved then, um, yeah. and you left the country for a little while. And what what, right. in, what inspired that move? And and what inspired you to come back? And wh- where did you go? Well, um, so I was living in. In Cleveland at the time, I had a little at a studio on Murray Hill in Little Italy, uh, with another Akronite, Mike Moritz, uh, who's you know gone on to do you know great big things. He's a uh, a silversmith, but you know his architectural metalworking that's what he does, and he's rocking it in Cleveland. Uh, and so we had a little a little shop there. Um, and and I was painting there on the second floor or second story, and he had um, uh, the, his metal shop on the on the ground floor. And I think at some point I, you know, I don't want to get into this, but I think it was, you know, the whole nine eleven thing. Um, I kind of realized, you know, I don't know anything about the world. So there's all this talk, you know, and this fl- a flutter in a row on, on television and stuff. And I realized how insulated, maybe at least speaking for myself, insulated I am about the world and kind of a worldview. Um, and, you know, I want to explore it. I want to find out more about it. And I didn't know how to do that. I, I knew about the Peace Corps and, and some other agencies. Uh, but I was just, I was up in my studio and I had a scene magazine. It was, a, it was free times, actually, free times, gluten-free times, and I was paging through the back, and there was this tiny little ad. And it just said, volunteer in Africa, and there was a phone number, and that was it. <laughs> and I'm like, that can't be legit, you know. No. But I called it, and it was. It was totally legit. It was like one of the, uh, it was just a little ad placed by 
uh, one of the maybe six largest NGOs in the world, and they just they don't spend any money on advertising because they want to put it into their work. And I think it was like maybe four months later, I was in Michigan at this training school out in the you know off a back road in Michigan, uh, last residence of the city, and it was all run by Danes and Norwegians. So I had a, I had a teacher from India. There was a the headmaster was from Norway. There was another teacher from Zimbabwe, and they just you just it was like community learning, uh, kind of self-driven education. So you learn like what you want to learn, almost like Montessori in a way. There's a little bit of guidance. I spent six months there, and then I went to uh, to Zambia, the African nation of Zambia, uh, and I was working in a school project for kids who are being uh, rehabilitated from the street. So we don't like to call them street kids, but you know, at some point, for some reason, they moved to the cities to make a way for themselves. Maybe they didn't have their you know, orphans or double orphans. Anyway, so I worked there for six months, and then after I finished my volunteer period, um, I, I got employment from that organization, and then I, I went to a number of, of locations in Europe, uh, uh, northwestern Europe, uh, to work for them in their projects, and that for about five or six years. That was going to be my next question: was f- from if this all happened around nine eleven in two thousand one, then you said about four months later, then six months later. So Something it's by like, yeah. two thousand two, two thousand three. Right. How long yeah. were you? You say five or six. So you, were you gone until two thousand seven, two thousand eight? Um, well, I was in and out doing different things. So oh, okay. I, I was, sh- you know, shuttling from. From like Zambia to, I went directly from there to, to uh, Denmark, and then there was a variety of projects because that's mainly their home base. Because uh, they have other local stuff, and they work with their own kids. So I traveled around, did that, and then went to Norway, um, and then I hadn't found a position yet. They're sort of kind of looking for, you know, what will you be doing, and then I went to uh, school in in uh, East Riding of Yorkshire, uh, outside of Hull, which is a former shipping port in England. And so I was there for about six months, working on some uh, different projects there, training some of their students who were going abroad. And that's where I kind of really got to uh, work with Eastern Europeans. Like, you know, these these young, they're after the kind of the age of socialism and communism, and they're interested in you know, everything American and stuff, but at the same time, they're also kind of refuting it, you know. And, <laughs> sure, sure. But they've got, like, you know, they've got all the American music and they've got rap records and stuff, <laughs> and they're, like, all the styles and the fashion right. and, you know, um, you they, know, asking they, they, if, they hate the capitalism but love the oh, things yeah. that come oh, with Oh, yeah, it. exactly. Like, you know, I, I was constantly getting orders from them for American shoes, you know. <laughs> like, they wanted to get Nikes and stuff. I and mean, you can get, a, you know, Adidas uh, but you know, that's like, how they say Adidas. Did, yeah, they say Adidas. Yeah. Adidas. Yeah. I'm gonna start saying that. It's gonna really piss off Cody. I'm gonna start saying that all the time. Adidas. <laughs> Adidas. Yeah. <laughs> it, Look it, at it, me and my Adidas. Did, did, did these travels help you uh, overcome maybe some personal stereotypes you've had? Because oh, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people say, "Oh, Africa is just jungle. It's just sure. wild. You know, it's people in tribes, and it's probably developed cities and and well, you know, and I mean, Cape Town, mix, I guess." 
Yeah, so if you talk like some like Zambia, this the kind of in a, I mean, that was you know where um, that was built on emeralds and copper. But then when the copper prices dropped, you know, so did the economy. They never had any major problems politically, really. Um, Zimbabwe, it was once called the breadbasket of the continent. And, they, and that's where, so I've been told, is where conservation farming or the ideas behind it actually started. Um, and then they had their whole land reform. And, you know, that's a pretty ugly history. And it, still having problems with that. But they're very well educated. And I can tell you that they speak better English than a lot of people I know. <laughs> I believe that, yeah. But it's, it's British English. It's sure, English English. Sure. And they're, they're very informed. I mean, I have 13-year-olds who, you know, you know, asked me to tell them about Edgar J. Hoover. Right. I'm like, wow. Hoover? Why are we having a conversation about Hoover sure. anyways? But South Africa, then you get there, and that's a different story, too, because... Uh, Cape Town, you know, is one of the. It is. It is uh, a city of uh, lights and big buildings and concrete, and it's beautiful. And there is. Uh, it's like L.A., hmm. you know, or it's like Beverly Hills parts of it. And there wow. are people. Um, and it's. It's actually. I think. Uh, it's. It's slowly becoming the next center for fashion. So you talk about. New York, Paris, London, Milan, yep. and it's going to be Cape Town, South Africa. That's where the next generation of haute couture is coming from. Wow. And, and did, did living in all these places help you see Akron differently? You know, returning to oh, Akron. Yeah. And, and when did you return to Akron? Um, actually, about 2011, close to 2012. Okay. Yeah. D- during during the beginning of this renaissance that yeah, it currently sure. seems to be in, um, and, and how, how did Akron look different to you, or how did, did it smell different, feel different, <laughs> taste different, taste? <laughs> well, I saw sound different. Yeah, because when, when I kind of left again, there wasn't a lot kind of going on, uh, and I came back and I'm like, wow, there's like all this cool stuff happening. You know, there's like all these cool spaces and people are coalescing in in creating kind of something more concrete right like kind of concretizing like a music scene an art scene you know there's like this the summit art space building there's there's little things happening construction the university when i went to 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 school i remember the chuckery right if you remember me, it, right? me too it was yeah like i went i went like cave to, yeah i went in the mid 90s yeah it dark was, oak it was. wood and oh yeah there was a mcdonald's and there was like a creamery yeah you know and they got something else and i went back um, went to the student center and I, I didn't even recognize it and it was really bright and well lit and so you could see like there was there were these small improvements happening here and there but I felt like there was finally some retainment right. you know of talent and, and investment and I started to see perhaps that maybe Akron was getting um, a bit more international as well which is good but I think, you know, the thing that I see is that no place outside of the flora and the fauna, like every place in the world is the same as the other. Because anywhere where there's human beings, we're all, we're all essentially the same. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the, uh, there are details of, of, you know, what we're into or what we think about, but it's all, it's all the same. So this, I could go into, 
a cafe or a bar in Akron, and I will hear the same people talking about the same things at the base that I will hear in a cafe or a bar in South Africa. Really? Yeah. Whether it's, you know, talking about sports or the, you know, whatever, pres- you know, the president is to blame for the, for the gas prices or something. You have know, the same thing in South Africa. The atmosphere, the, just the, the people themselves, do you see any difference with that? Like, I think, I think people are... Or are they just, like you said, at the base root people? Base root, they're, they're people. Okay. They, re- they really are, you know, it's a... Uh, it's uh, again aside from the the flotsam and jetsam of a place, you know, like these little details. It's we're really all the, we're all the same, and you know, it's we deal with the same same issues. So even if you're talking about immigration or something, right? I mean, every place in the world deals with the, the same the same kinds of issues, you know, but... Right. Um, I'll take your word for it. I've only been to Canada. I, that's all I've ever been to. I, I did travel for my last job, but um, it was work travel. I went to Europe a number of times, right. and there, at that time, the, the, the EU had formed, and people were all pissed off about Eastern Europeans going to Western Europe and having right. kind of a free reign of travel, and, and very degraded Romanians, and, and yeah, it was, it was interesting, because, yeah, you're right, we all... Left to their own devices, people are going to have villains in their culture. Like, okay, it's all their sure. fault. It's all their fault. And, yeah. and you know, and it, you're right. I think it's, uh, we all have the same wants and desires, and, and it's just expressed differently because we have different resources around us. That's absolutely it. You know, it's, and, but I mean, so, but those other cultural differences um, that, uh, I mean, one thing that kind of stuck out <clears throat> is, uh, when I was in South Africa, I was working for this very historic NGO uh, called Vilgespreit Fellowship Center. You want to say that again? Please do. Vilgespreit. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know it's Dutch, it's Afrikaans, it's Dutch Dutch German. Do what thing. is it? Is it mean something in uh, English, or is that just how you say it? Uh, right. So okay. <laughs> I, yeah, it does. It does. I. Um, but that's yeah. That's well. That's how you say it. I mean, okay. that's, it does. It means something in Afrikaans. Oh, okay. Um, it's like Stony Hill or something okay. like that. But you can you can look it up. Um, I don't think I can spell it. <laughs> but it's a but it's a place though. It's actually like this place, the Vilgespreid on on um, on this part of Johannesburg. And they they were it's a it's a faith-based organization and what's important is that in South Africa there was no stronger force than the churches because they were fighting apartheid right and so th- they were doing all of the reconciliation so i mean you had some churches like afrikaans churches that were taking sides like you know fighting for the afrikaner but most of these churches they were working together to kind of like negotiate between the apartheid government and all of the other factions that were fighting. So um, I was, so my kind of like boss and friend at the same time, uh, Anastasia Bukashe, she was an Afrikaner, but, you know, one thing she had said is, is that, you know, South Africa is kind of driving towards a, ca- a capitalist democracy, but I don't think capitalism or democracy is the right thing for us. And I'd never heard anyone say that before. 
and and it, she said it's it's because it's not it's not in the cultural DNA of Africans. You know, we are a collective communal people. We don't when we when we have this sort of like see who can reach the finish line first, it's always disastrous. We don't, you know, we don't, so we don't kind of need that. And I thought that's, it's true. And that's what I experienced as well is that people pretty much work together. And even where you have a, like a situation um, in the villages is there's always somebody who's kind of on top and that's who you go to, you know, so there's kids don't, there are certain things children do not say to their parents or their grandparents. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, there is a structural, there's a cultural code. And so for some people, some systems work very well, and for others, those systems, you know, do not. And I think that's one thing that really stuck with me is I think what, maybe what they're doing is fine, and they don't need anyone telling them they should do something else. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and it makes me, when you talk about a cultural code, it makes me think, do we have a cultural code as Americans? Because it seems like there, there is a lack of respect for older generations yeah. in our culture. There is coming uh, from a younger generation. I would agree. Not, right. not that he, I'm like he that. He disrespects me. Like oh everybody. gosh, I'm always looking at Chris. You old man. <laughs> Suck it, old man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to race you to the street. <laughs> Um, but but did you see that here? I mean, and especially going to a culture like that where you see that that um, more of a structure and, and that's not based around power or money or or yeah. someone's famous or notable. And well, there's an there's there's I think a noticeable and people talk about this too. There's and, and, and to what to attest it, I don't know. But there is perhaps an erosion of so when you have these enclaves. In communities like North Hill, for example, that for a long time was primarily like Italian American, right? right? And you you have uh, you build out these little communities, so you have all these shops, and everyone you know knows each Amidios, other and stuff. You know, Medios, Luigi's, um, and everyone gonna like goes to church together, and they all go to school, and so you kind of build a, a little network, and then as times change, those those communities kind of erode. Right. And, but it doesn't, it's not just about whether it's like a, a German area or an Italian area. You know, it could be like um, a Chinese area or a Korean area or an African area. Or say it's like a, it's Nigerians here and, and, and uh, you know, people from Guinea-Bissau or something. But they create a, a network. And from there you can have something successful. Some and, and so I think that's where they create a cultural code. There's an there's an, an ethic or a structure. So you say in this neighborhood, this is how we do things. This is how we operate, right? And when that erodes for whatever reason, I think you then you have you have you have a breakdown. There's no kind of cultural code to, to go by. It's all different kinds of stuff. Sure. And that can that can either work to your advantage. Or, or you have to find a way to make it work for your, to your advantage, or it kind of becomes this kind of cacophony of ideas. Right, right. And, and it, work, it works to your advantage when that code is is has embedded within it oppression of some sort. You know what I mean? Or or some sort of negative characteristics that maybe we can get rid of, like racism, like right. um, you know, classism, like yeah. you, you know. So so you're right. It's not always a bad thing if that 
cultural code breaks down. So it's, but it, I mean, I'm sure it's really, uh, it's fascinating to me. And I wish more people had that experience to be able to go somewhere like that and come back and, and really right. t- bring those lessons back here to Akron into their neighborhoods and, and just, just to know that there's a world outside of the U.S. You know? So, so, um, oh, sorry, keep going. Well, you... I think what's just, you know, important is, is to remember that, you know, that, the world is larger than, you know, the little cell that you live in. And, and I think, you know, it's important to be proud of where you live and try and develop and create community. But there's a larger, you know, there's a, a larger world and a larger influence that happens, you know, out there. So it's also important to think about that, how that all kind of uh, trickles Influences. In, yeah, it does. Absolutely. I mean, everything that happens on a daily basis in the city of Akron, in the state of Ohio, in this region, in the United States, is all influenced by the winds of the rest of the world. Right. And that's what we have to think about, you know, when that, when that, when that uh, you know, whether it's a positive or a, a, a negative or a disadvantage. That's what we and, often and the remember. one thing, <clears throat> the one thing that I'm definitely um, just thinking about after hearing you guys talk about all this is, and, and the trickling effect, and like you said, influencing, and, and and I think it is very important to do your part in the world. Whether you know by if you, that's by working, if that's by running a podcast, if that's by being an artist, a musician, right? By doing something making the world a better place like that is one thing that i'm always saying to cody is like when we meet people i was like that person's that person is bring, is making the world better and i like that i like when i meet somebody and they're not just working a nine to five or something like that and and some people right. just that's what they want but i love it when you find somebody like yourself who understands that by making your world a better place by making Akron a better place you're making everything a better place because you also influence from the inside as well yeah you know absolutely I I agree I totally agree with that and there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of of talent in this city but you know there's also talent in every city too you know I mean it's um but there, there is some, you know, some some great things to be had in the city. That I think the story of Akron has not quite been told yet. Right. Yeah. And we're, I, I think we're telling it now better than it has been in the past. Um, you know, Akron's story was historically revolved around the manufacturing of rubber. The manufacturing, yeah, of course, manufacturing of rubber, and then the notable people who were mm-hmm. spawned out of that, like the. Right. Fringe artists like Devo and Chrissy Hine, sure. and, uh, some athletes that have been through Akron, but we have hundreds of other stories to tell than those things, or or some sort of crime or negative type of uh, event that happens in Akron or Northeast or Ohio or Cleveland's Cleveland's you know redheaded stepchild, you know, and and I I'm thankful that we have I guess we can all consider ourselves ambassadors of of some sort because it, even if one other person who doesn't live in this city finds out about one thing we're doing that's one more positive imprint that, sure. that goes out there to the rest of the country maybe even the world you so, know? so my question is after being everywhere a lot of places you know traveling for years what made you want to come back well my family's here for one you know i mean that's also my my safety net you know my my mother and grandmother and um i don't have so many 
but my most of my friends that I had known from the time they've all kind of moved on and, and you know that's the ebb and flow of life but um and then I I got I got married and I have a, a son who just turned three congratulations and that's fantastic and that's you know one of the best reasons to stay somewhere stay put and definitely and and I don't know about you but for me you know I have a daughter who's 11 and I I look at my life as two distinct phases of before I, I had a child and after a child. It totally shifts my perspective on everything. Sure. The moment she oh, was yeah. born, uh, everything kind of took on a different uh, mental process. A different, uh, yeah, a different texture, a different tone, a different. I mean, I saw things through a different lens. You know, it, it went from selfish to selfless, like yeah, immediately. Like, okay, I have another human being i'm responsible for who's right more important than me from this point forward so it's a beautiful thing though and it yeah, is congrats on that because you uh the thing is is you know you want to i still want to howl at the moon sure you know yeah and i'm like i i can't do that anymore you <laughs> i know? can't just like, these things i just want to go my and, son goes to bed at nine i can't be howling all night <laughs> i can't yeah you just can't go and just I do what you want to do and right. that's what I was used to for a long time as being a bohemian and like you know I'm just gonna I'm gonna buy a plane ticket and I'm gonna <laughs> you know go to some remote part of the world I can't do that right I have to be more responsible you, you can in like 15 years it, yeah in, in <laughs> so 15 just years so <laughs> you know you could be gone for an, another two, like another six years just <laughs> after that 15 years is done you'd be like I'm out of here yeah, you know, so you do. Your perspective changes, and you think a little bit more about security and, and safety um, in the small ways. You know, like I have to make sure that there's a foundation is always there, you know, that that uh, he's going to school, and that costs money, and I have to make sure that that money is always there and yada, yada, yada. But um, And then I think the other thing, too, is when I got to a point where – I was just like, I'm done with Africa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I um, th- there's a there's a book. Um, yeah, it's read a lot of these old books that I found when I was on the continent um, about British occupation in you know, different nations. And there was a, a quote from a soldier who witnessed they say native at those times. Who said, you know, Africa is like an old bitch. She'll get you in the end. <laughs> you know, you can. Uh, sure, go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, no, it's no that's good. It's true. Though, that's a quote, people. Yeah, that's, that's, a, it's a quote. It's okay. Not, we're allowed it's, not to, my, it's not mine. We're allowed to say that with quotes. But it is. It's this, you know, it's this, it's this place that's very sacred in some senses. I mean, some of the romanticism is over, right? Nobody's hunting, you know five-ton elephants anymore that's not it but um it's it it can just be a place where it's it can be difficult too and as a is a is an expat as a, as a foreigner uh so i just you know when i i got back i was like i'm kind of done traveling and if i do travel it's going to be to like little resorts you know <laughs> with those kind of it's a little bit more safety but i got pretty worn down you know uh, after I, years I of that of being alone. Was there any, an, was there ever any danger situations you found yourself in? Well, uh, yeah. And I'm I not going to, you know, go into those too of much. Course, but, of course. 
Um, but that can definitely shape sure. your perspective sure. on travel sure. and, and stuff like that. I mean, one time, this is like a, the the, meni- the the most menial example I can think of. One time, my mom's purse got stolen. Like in DC, and now all we think about whenever we travel is, is getting your is, purse stolen. Is <laughs> thinking about getting our pur- the purse is stolen. <laughs> That's all we think about. They've never went back since. Uh, right? Yeah, yes. I'm telling you. I I um well there, you know like some, what Zimbabwe means is house of stone, right? Like that's what it's known for is all these in, enormous you know uh, rock outcroppings. So I used to do a lot of exploring on my off days uh, at a field mm-hmm. office, you know, in the in the bush. So I used to go do a lot of exploring, you know, by myself, which is fine. It's totally, it's, 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 it's safe. Um, yeah, it's safe to do, but I used to like just go climbing around on stuff. And I, you know, I got really kind of rock happy once and I climbed to the top of this point and I had no idea how I could get down <laughs> because it was, you know, such an incline. So it's easy right. to get up it, but there was no way to get down. So oh. I was up there for hours trying to figure oh, out. Oh, man how I could get down without just rolling down. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so what did you finally do? I rolled down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like you know, gently and I rolled up. But there's, like, little things. I don't know. It's just it was uh, getting to a border and having, you know, an immigration officer with a bad day mm-hmm. um, who just wanted to ask you, you know, too many – I mean, everything's fine, right? Your paperwork's fine. But – it's in the middle of the night, and they, everyone wants to search your bags and search everyone else's bags, and uh, they just feel like keeping people uh, longer than they need to because there's four of them and there's 900 people trying to get in just on a return visa. And, and so, you know, it's like, uh, um, and you, I mean, I spent uh, 12 hours at the Zimbabwean border one time, you know, just wow. waiting to get in because buses breaking down. It's all these little things that kind of just grind into you over a period of time. You know, those, like we have, we get stuck in traffic here, right? And it's like, you know, this is, this is terrible. It's got, I'm going to be the late to my yoga lesson. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, I'm going to be late to my <laughs> yoga lesson. This country, where's this country going? I'm in traffic. Here, oh, right, like, right. You know. And, and, it's, and there's got to be this this background of uneasiness, not you know, being an immigrant in another country, you know, and maybe that sure. And I'm sure that gives you a sensitivity to what some of our own North Hill residents now, who are a lot of them from East Asia, and, yeah, and we, we still have a lot of immigrants from Mexico and in South America, and, and you know, and, and what they must go through here in Akron, you oh, know, it probably gives you a, a whole new um, sensitivity, which you probably had before, but I'm sure that that. Yeah, it, it does. It's just a little, re, you know, reminder. Um, because, you know, it's funny, like, you'll hear people make, you know, statements like, you know, speak American or something, right? right? You know, that kind of thing. And I heard that when I was overseas. They're like, speak Afrikaans, right, you know? Right, Even though there's people speaking English there, but, I mean, I, did, I was doing some work for this woman. She was, you know, she was a tried and true Afrikaner, you know, and after... Going and I was doing some like you know uh, uh, plastering and painting in her house and stuff, and does like side work, and she's like, "When when are you going?" You know, so I, I said, Hello, "Good morning," and she wouldn't speak to me <laughs> until I would I would try to use some Afrikaans. She just wouldn't address me <laughs> at all, and I would go to places or I'd go to like a you know a bar or something, and no one would talk to me. As soon as they found out that I wasn't an Afrikaner, I wasn't from there, they had no interest in me whatsoever. Wow. 
So I was like, wow, I, I know how it kind of feels too. Yeah. Right. And that happens in every country. I mean, it I, does. I think there's yeah. just, it's, it's that general fear of outsiders or sure. fear of people who don't necessarily belong in, in, yeah, that's just, I think that's just uh, ignorance prevails in any culture, you know, when, when it comes to that. There's, it's, there's just a, a, you know, there's, there's a, um, a kind of simpatico with how, you know, what's, what's going on locally. Like, you, you always assume that, like, if you're sitting somewhere and someone's watching TV and they're, and they're like, you always assume the guy sitting next to you feels the same way you do. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> look at that jerk yeah, right. up there. You know, I'm like, well, actually, I like that guy. But, um, and so people sometimes they're just nervous about, and they see someone who looks different, dresses right. differently. You know, they're going to share the same. Going to be able to share the same, you know, ideas with them. You know, so. Um, but yeah, we. I think that we're we need to work a, a little bit harder, and, and they do too. I think it trying to figure out how we can integrate them into our community but then you know maybe also how a little bit of guidance on how to make that happen you know there's kind sure. of a disconnect yeah and there's some groups that are doing a great job but you know there's there's still a feeling of otherness with, right with that that community like you just kind of when you're driving down the road you just kind of see them you know mm-hmm. walking down or wherever they're going but there isn't a kind of connectedness yet Right, and, and you know, and I, I think that because um, right now the, there's a disconnect with, especially with Nepali uh, refugees and and immigrants from Eastern Asia. There, there's a serious disconnect in our social services because I work in nonprofits, so I see this happening, and to where someone can't even go to the doctor and get a proper diagnosis sometimes because there's that communication barrier. And I believe that it's just going to take a few generations sure. to where some of the kids born here from those cultures become doctors here, right. become leaders, <clears throat> and then they can, you know, and that's what had to happen with the Italian immigrants, I'm sure. It took a couple generations to integrate yeah. and to be more Absolutely. of the fabric of the community. So um, in the meantime, you know, there are some great groups who are helping to bridge that gap a little bit. Um, so... We are we are winding down on our time, yes. but I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about some of your favorite things to do in Akron. You know, because well, one of the things we like to do on the Spoils of Akron is to kind of celebrate what's cool here, what what we enjoy, restaurants. It, like you said, um, everybody has you put six you put three people on the podcast and you get three different opinions about food in Akron or something right. like that. So like we would just want to know like questions like that, like if there's any favorite restaurants you have or um, like just places where as an artist you can go and get inspiration parks or uh, places in downtown or anything like that. I mean, that's, I think, what you were getting at, right, Chris? Right, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and, and partly maybe because of proximity, but uh, one of my favorite places to go in Akron is West Hill Hardware. Okay. Um, why, why is that? Well, because they've just got all you know kinds of stuff. It's a kind I've of like... I've never been in there. You know, this... this uh, a, cave of tools and equipment and like plumbing parts and there's a basement you know and there's uh again like this you know cacophonous cave of there's like gardening tools shooting out from everywhere (laughs) you can go in there and like so i i need a piece of metal you know this is what i want to do with it like i think i've got something and you go down there and they just take this you know i got some carbon black a big bag of carbon black um, which is what you know it goes into making like toner 
Okay. And, and printers, all that stuff is, is like when you, on your photocopies from the, all, all that is is soot. It's clean, yeah. it's clean soot. And they just, you know, they just, they take that stuff and then there's a process goes through and then, um, but that's really what you're, you're printing with hmm. is a uh, carbon black. And I, I use this to make a, a floor varnish. Okay. So I just, wow. you know, put it into uh, uh, some old polyurethane and then you have like a jet black you know anyway so it's cool i love going in there and you can talk to those guys and they have all kinds of stuff that you can't get anywhere else i mean not at any other at a home depot most certainly not right right you know like uh little brass knobs for your door because i live in an old house and uh paints and uh, just kind of stuff from a time long gone you know but they they just have like those little pieces where you say like I just need you know five, uh, five of these like little nuts and, and bolts or something you know and they've they've got it they there. know they know exactly they've what got they, it yeah it's so I cool mean, it's just great there so that's a place that I love to go to um, and, and they're family owned right they're family and, owned and yeah, uh, yeah there there's a serious uh, plight here with local you know hardware companies competing sure. against the Lowe's sure. and the yeah, you know yeah. the Home Depots and the big boxes you know that's cuz they they can't compete on price so you have no, to they can't, you right. have to have that that connection with your community and customers so yeah i mean that's so i i i sometimes even if i don't need anything i just cruise over there and <laughs> so I cool. spend like an hour or two in there <laughs> just like looking at stuff you know um and getting some ideas sometimes uh, you know, where else? I mean, there's a lot of great food around here. Um, I mean, the Coffee Pot Cafe, you know, David Domenico, he's been great. I, that's where it's my kind of repository of paintings has been there, and he's been uh, he's been great about it. So it's kind of like when I make something, I just take it straight there. Um, and that's where I first saw your work. And Me too. Da- David's a good friend of the podcast. And yeah. he, he was he's on. second guest. Second guest, yeah, with Ryan, Ryan and Ben. And it, it's a great guy. I mean, overall, I can't say enough good about him. He's been, he's been a supporter of na- building neighborhoods and developing community for and, a long time. And now that you bring up the Coffee Pot Cafe, that's where you and I met the first time was at the very right, first yeah. game night with there. Right. And game David Domenico mm-hmm. set it up. And he was like, you got to meet my buddy. And we, we talked. And. And your artwork, we you had artwork. You were actually, I think you were painting there at, at game night. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and uh, it was just cool to watch. And yeah, I mean, and that was that was with Ben. Actually, now that I think about it, right, and, right, um, Mr. Ben Arrington. Um, listen, this has been um, an amazing podcast, a great show, and a great interview. I, I I I love sometimes when we have on guests who like are very well spoken and they know what they're talking about and you definitely I definitely get that vibe and feeling off you know what you're talking about and you know cuz you've lived it you're not just you're not just talking about it you didn't just read it in books you lived it and where where can we find out more about you um through facebook do you have a do you have a website or i have a where, facebook where can people artist, go to learn more about you facebook artist page okay okay and um so you can go there that's it you know uh Jeremy Jenkins artist page, I think is okay. what it is. Okay. And that's usually where I just like I put stuff. There's a lot on there. Um, I mean, I, I had a photo series. I've got like about 500, 600 photographs that haven't actually been printed yet. Wow. Haven't been seen. Is painting your preferred medium? Um, yeah. It, in, yeah. That's in, what other media most comfortable do you, with. Do you, um, no. I, 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 photog- um, uh, uh, sculpture. Um, 
a lot of, I'm, I'm a, I did a lot of sculpture for a while and performance art. I went through a period where I just did performance oh, art. Oh, wow. In Cleveland. Um, but I, I probably won't ever go, you know, but it's freeing because it's, sure. it's like, sure. you know, 2% of all the artists you know do, perf, you know, performance arts. It's kind of like freeing to step out of that, uh, out of like the, the, uh, the static arts. Right. Um, and, and move into something that uh, is always like kind of new and fresh terrain. But, I, you know, I haven't done that in a long time, and I don't know if I will. But painting is my thing, so you can go check it out there. Um, I don't have a website as such because I, I just find it tedious to have to constantly. I think Facebook work is easier. Facebook is so, so much social easier. Social media is kind of, someone could, else could basically server. kill websites if you really think yeah, about yes, it. They really do. It gives yeah. you a presence without with very little work. You know, of actually having to construct yeah. the site. You know, they so, do it all for you. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, as long as you're out there somewhere for people to find you, because um, do do you work on commission? I mean, um, if someone like wanted you to paint something for them, is that a is that a possibility? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I actually, in, in quickly, I was actually a, a house painter for 13 years. So in that time, I did a lot of decorative, uh, I don't call, I don't call it faux finishes, but decorative paint and plaster finishes. So um, anything that involves wet medium of okay. any kind, uh, I, I'm into it. So you can, I'm, I'm, I'm up for anything. Okay. Yeah, d definitely check Jeremy Jenkins out. I yes, mean, his, yes. his work is great. He, you can see him right now at the Fresh Juried Exhibit at Summit Art Space, which yes. runs, I think, through April. Yes, or, correct. Or maybe even early May, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's, I think it ends a April. It's usually oh, okay. six weeks, I think. Six weeks. Okay. Do, yeah. And it just opened this last weekend. Yeah. Great the, work in there as well. Yeah. Not just oh, mine, yeah. but please check it out. Yeah, there, there's some interesting pieces in that exhibit. Um, and and uh, unbox Akron, you know. S sign up for the next box, and you'll you'll see his his work on the on the cover on the lid, right? The, it's, the box yeah, top. right on the box top. That's awesome. Yep. All yeah. right. So, do we have any other events going on this week? Cody, come on over here. Um, the one that I have, and I'll start out with while everybody um, starts looking up theirs, is this Friday is Wine and Improv at. A camp with Just Go With It, the uh, improv troupe that I am a part of. Wow, Cody, way to make Sorry. a loud noise. Sorry. But um, it is this Friday, <laughs> okay. um, Good Friday. It's going to be a good show. Hey, yo. Um, Wine and Improv, March 25th at the Akron Center for Art, Music, and Performance, or A camp, with musical guest Copoli, which was last week's uh, guest. Right? No, there. no, there was not. They were like a month ago. Well, it was two, it was two or three weeks. Well, what are the last guest we had, right? Oh yeah! Oh, they were the last oh, yeah. guests we had, but the they most weren't. recent guest yeah, last, last week was just us. It was just four. us last week. Anyways, <laughs> but oh, okay. the workshop is at eight. The performance is at nine, and uh, the workshop and performance twenty bucks, and the performance only fifteen. But it's going to be a great show. There shall be wine. There shall be improv. It shall be a great time. Chris, if you are ready, take it away. I'm going to give you guys some mood music. Okay, um, I. There's there's an event that already passed that I wanted to just briefly touch on because it was so phenomenal. Our full circle storytelling, our our last final final installment of the regular season was last night at the Akron Center for Art, Music, and Performance, and there was the theme was uh, strong women, and there were some really vulnerable, excellent, just raw, beautiful stories told that night. And I mean, it was. Uh, it, it definitely had an impact on me, and I think everyone in that room just felt it. And, and it's just, uh, we'll have the videos posted probably over the next few weeks or so. So I definitely encourage you to check them out. So um, as far as this week goes, 
Um, there's a creative cog at Weathervane Playhouse Thursday at 5.30 p.m. And it's going to be like a little behind-the-scenes tour of the Weathervane. And it's, uh, you know, it's there's always a creative speaker there. Uh, Via Dolorosa, South Akron Walk on the 25th as part of Good Friday, Joe Tucker previous guest from South from South Street Ministries um, is going to do a um, actually it, the, the analogy is the um, you know it, it's it's kind of like a, the tour of uh, ritual procession through the 14 steps of the Passion of the Christ but through downtown Akron in our neighborhoods and so it's gonna be oh, real interesting, interesting. Um, Akron to Akron walk mom and pop shop April 2nd um, and that is at uh, Akron Art Museum, uh, part of Crafty Mart, and I think that's gonna. That's also part of the. Uh, well, I, it's it's during the. Yeah, it's during the day. Yeah. Um, so it's it'll be before the art walk. I think it's also on uh, the third floor of the Summit Art Space, and they have people at the Akron right. Library too. And and uh, last but not least. Uh, electric pressure cooker cabaret number 20 is also on april 2nd uh, only fools rush in and i wanted to give a little shout out to wandering aesthetics the uh the hosts of the electric pressure cooker they recently landed a really yeah. uh a really big night arts grant a challenge grant so congrats benji and yeah, kyle and, yes, and, and congratulations. I, I think we're gonna have them on at some point soon yeah we definitely want to, to to help them uh give them a little boost on this fundraising yes yes, kick yes. and talk about their new project that got funded yeah which is, for sure it, it's uh, it's an evolution of box. yeah it's yeah. an evolution of the of the electric pressure cooker so it's good stuff so cool all right liz Hi guys, we have uh, this coming Saturday at the Akron Zoo a breakfast with bunny affair. You can take the family, take the kids, and have breakfast with the Easter bunny this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Isn't that the cutest? That is so cute. Cody, you still want to go. go? I know you do. I know yeah. you. Well, which one of us wore the bunny ears? Remember at the zoo? Uh, Cody. I, that was me. See, yeah. that only makes sense then. That I only know. makes what the sense. Heck? So we also have, as Chris mentioned, um, the next big Crafty Mart, which is the Mom and Pop Shop on April 2nd. You covered that. The uh, other thing I want to make sure I mention um, kind of well ahead of time is that the Akron Farm and Flea Market is starting up uh, again this year. The Akron Farm and Flea Market is going to be bigger and better than ever. We have uh, support for it from the Knight Foundation, which we're very grateful for this year, as well as a partnership with Countryside Conservancy so that we can actually have um, a, a great new number of farmers uh, available vending. It's going to be the second Sunday of each month starting in June this year. So June through September, the second Sunday of each of those four months, the Akron Farm and Flea Market with live music. And we're going to have some food trucks out there. It's going to be a good time this year. I'm really excited about it. Uh, we have the Cleveland Film Festival coming up, everybody. And there are some local features here in Akron. So definitely uh, get your hands on a film festival catalog. You can get those at the library. We've got them here at Urban Eats, uh, the museum, I'm sure, different spots around town. And you can actually see those films uh, that are connected with the film festival here in Akron at the library, the art museum, and of course, the nightlight. So speaking of the nightlight, make sure you go to their website, for their latest schedule, as well as other great venues around town like Blue Jazz, Musica, Jilly's, the Civic Theater, and Tangiers. All great websites to check out and, and see where you want to go at night and what you want to do here in Akron. Always something going on. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, most of mine were talked about. What, what by is, oh my gosh. <laughs> Ryan's playing. What do you? What is this? It's Seven a, Nation Army. Yeah, Seven Nation like Army. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> he sounds like he's taking a ukulele lesson while we're. Yeah, I think he is. 
uh, at our cost. Uh, most of mine were talked about. Uh, oh, Ryan and I are directing uh, our first, well, his first ever show. So Woo-hoo! we're super excited about this. It's called Goldilocks on Trial. Uh, it's a is it's Ryan a, uh, Goldilocks? Like Ryan, well, he's kind of Goldilocks, not he's, in the show, but he's, he's blonde. He, yeah, he's, he's so blonde, gold so in the hair. He has locks of gold. <laughs> Golden um, boy. He's the golden boy. That's we, me. Uh, it's a one-act show, and auditions for that are Monday, March 28th at the Norton Community Center from 6 to 7.30. So maybe we're going to get Chris to come out and play Goldilocks. I don't know yet. Uh, about the electric pressure cooker, which is Saturday, April 2nd from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m., and that's at None Too Fragile. Uh, oh, this really cool event called Dear Akron, Love Your City with Amber Jeanette, right? She created Dear Akron. That's at Musica. Okay. Uh, and awesome, it's yeah. And Tuesday, April 12th. Amber's great. Uh, from 5.30 to 7. And I don't know a lot about the event itself, but Dear Akron is super cool. That like, kind of says it all. That just makes you yeah, want to go. Yeah, it, it makes you want to cool. Dear Akron uh, is it, it's uh, about having people write a letter starting oh my with God, Dear Akron. Oh my God, I'm going to punch you in the head with that ukulele. And then you, you know, <laughs> fill it in with your personal experiences. So that's well, that's super- Sounds awesome. awesome. I'm excited for that. Then I'm looking forward to that yeah. music. And I forgot, speaking of uh, mid-April, April 15th, one more event, Girls' Night at Zebra Hotel. It's Girls' Night hosted by Noto, Noto uh, Clothing Boutique here in Akron. And that's April 15th from 5 to 8 p.m. She's going to have new jewelry designs and her spring clothing and fashion and accessories. And obviously, you can plan a whole night around that. Go for drinks. Go for dinner. I know I'm going with some girlfriends, so definitely check that out. Uh, And I'm really excited, you guys, because we're all about to do what? Go to La Soul. We're going to La Soul, everybody. We're going for some uh, southern barbecue at La Soul on East Hamlet. Super excited. Definitely. Well, thank you, you everybody there, for. Oh yeah, Jeremy, have you been there? Have you? We've never. None of us have ever been there. So no, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you everybody for listening. Thanks, Jeremy, thank you, for Jeremy. being on. Thank cool, you, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Guest, very cool to listen to. Uh, all right, thank you everyone for listening to the Spools of Akron podcast. As always, we work in partnership with the Akron Digital Media Center, the Akronist, from our own Chris Miller, who is the editor. Uh, we also work in partnership with Urban Eats and Musica and the Akron Public Library. And thank you all so much for listening, and keep it an An Akron Akron day. day.